The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech Athletics Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I am your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? Feels like it's been a while. I mean, you trimmed your beard i have i hardly recognize you i had to make sure it was you cut several inches off yeah it's crazy five months of growth the uh the little one uh would just reach up and grab a hold of it and let wouldn't let go it's pretty painful that age those tiny hands and fingers it's amazing the amount of of hair they can grab i remember just like wincing the hair on my arm would just all of a sudden be gone. Yeah. These clammy little tiny fingers just somehow <laughs> ripping it out. Like, hey, what are we doing? We're just sitting here. We're just hanging out. <laughs> Don't, didn't need that one. And then no. uh, Samantha made a couple comments about, like, it's getting a little long, a little unruly, a little wild. I was like, oh, fine. So I trimmed it. Didn't shave it, but I trimmed it. It's all gone. I, I saw my brother this weekend. He's like, you look younger. <laughs> well, it's not true because I get older every day. Um, he's like, I guess without the long beard, you look younger. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. I ever know how to take that. Cool. I, I mean, I, I know I have a lot of gray in my beard already, but I don't know. Anyways, welcome 23 personnel podcast. If this is your first time, don't be alarmed. This is what we do every week. Every, uh, every episode. It's a bunch of nonsense like this. Followed by some. <laughs> Informed discussion on Texas Tech athletics, but uh, we're not we're not some media mogul. We are not just a couple of bros around a, a podcast mic, though. But I thought like that needed to be said. There have been some. There's been some contention within the Texas Tech podcasting universe past a little, which bit. is a very expansive universe. It is. It's quite. And I think I added a. I think I added a T to the end of that and i don't know why universe kind of pulled yeah i did kind of a sling blade thing i i hearsted it up so yeah universed some some of the podcasts within this realm are 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 specialized they have a, a a specific focus some aren't uh they cover they look at all tech sports you know which ones we we recommend you follow and listen to but um yeah, there's just been some 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 beef, and like let's 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 boil it down for a second and just say we're all Red Raiders. Uh, we all very, we're all very passionate about Texas Tech athletics, and uh, if if we're not the voices for you, there's probably one out there for you. There's lots of options. Absolutely, there is. Yeah, it's uh, not that it's a very it's be, a very open. No, not that no, we want you to be go. leaving. We, we we want you here. No. 
we think we, we have one care. of the best ones. Uh, certainly one of the oldest ones. I don't know if that means anything to anybody, um, but we were in on the ground floor, if you will, on the Texas Tech podcasting ex- explosion. We weren't the first ones, obviously. There was a there was one with the Vox Media and uh, SB Nation group. Um, there was a Texas Tech Plus adjacent adjacent podcast that actually inspired me to do it, hosted by Kyle Jacobson. But it's not the one you're thinking of. Uh, he and uh, a good friend Hunter started that one up, and then um, we started ours six and a half years ago. Michael, can you believe it? No, your your beard, if I remember correctly, was was completely black when we started. It was a different color. <laughs> It was yeah. certainly the the head of, the hair on my head was was all one color. I, I'm starting to get these spots on my temple that are all white. I'm getting some streaks in the hair, the the side of my neck hair. That's all white now. <laughs> I was still in my 30s. <laughs> I was in my 20s. Oh my gosh! I had one kid when we started. <laughs> oh man, that's right. You did. Uh, I don't I don't know if you had a if you had your your little one. I yet. did. Oh, then, then, then it would have been like was, really uh, young. She would have been pretty young. Yeah, she was a little over a year, I think. Okay. Well, now she's like going off to high school. Basically. School starts in two weeks, man. Like what, what happened to the summer? Today's August 1st. It's gross. It's so I hot. Mean, no, it's so hot here too. It's it's hot in the in the Metroplex too. I really feel for you guys down there this week. We, we, we were in Dallas this past weekend. It was like 107. Oh. And we were there for like, 36 hours. We got there Friday night. We left Saturday, Sunday morning. Uh, we dropped off the the two boys, stay with uh, their grandmother and their great aunt. They're doing swimming lessons and going swimming every day and just having the best best life. Um, Saturday, though, we went to the zoo Saturday morning. And even at like 85 degrees, it was like, this is pretty unbearable. And like we were <laughs> out of there before noon. Um, we had thought like, we'll, we'll just... we'll. Saturday's really busy for us. We'll go on Friday on our way into town. Uh, didn't realize that, and, and and I thought we didn't we, we didn't try this, but had we had tried it, it would have been really disappointing. They had adjusted the hours because of the heat, so they the zoo is usually open nine to five. Yeah, so it would have been even cutting it close for us to show up, leaving you know Lubbock and getting into there with enough time to do anything. But they shifted it up for these extreme weather days where uh, they open at eight and they close at three. So like we wouldn't have even made it in there. And they were, they stop admitting new patrons at 1 p.m. when they do that because it was so dang hot. Anyways, we had a good time at the zoo. We saw, saw lots of family. Um, at, wait a minute. At the zoo? We saw some family at the zoo, yes. Like my... Are you My, saying some of your family belongs in a zoo? Is that what you're saying? Yep. Sure. Okay. That's what I picked up, man. But the, yeah, that's why I'm putting down. Talking about beef. You're just <laughs> over there starting stuff. No, it's done. Um, then, uh, they, they, so the Dallas Zoo has this like dinosaur exhibit and Hayden is 110% all about dinosaurs. Like of course. he can name off like a dozen dinosaurs. And, like he'll, like he's got the little plastic figures of them. He's like, Parasaurolophus, T-Rex, Velociraptor, Ankylosaurus. He can, t- he can tell you the difference. He can, he can identify the difference between a, a, a Brachiosaurus and a Brontosaurus. Stegosaurus, Spinosaurus. He's like, 
dude. Like, you know, I, I, I know these dinosaurs because Hayden knows them now, not because I knew them yeah. beforehand. Anyways, it was, we really, we went really just for that. Um, and it was like everywhere we turned, Hey, look at this. Hey, look at this. And he was just running around like a chicken with his head cut off and he was losing his mind. He was so excited. That was really cool to see. Um, but like I said, we, we, we really went to drop them off with my mom. Uh, so we can work on the house. We're combining the boys rooms and then moving Finley out of our room. Uh, eventually Samantha has been softer on that stance. Uh, past couple of days, but we just needed some time with the boys, like out of the house where they wouldn't undo everything we just did. So, yeah, I can imagine. Plus they're getting sw- swim lessons with, uh, my, my aunt who's a swim instructor, which is always good because Hayden is a fish that can't swim Man. and it scares the life out of us until we get around a pool or whatever. So we're like, please, please watch him very carefully. He's very, very, very sneaky and he doesn't know how to swim, but it's been good. But yeah, summer's almost over. Again, not that it really matters much because I don't get a summer break. Uh, Grayson will go back to school, but we'll still have two kids in the house. But summer's almost over. But you know what that does mean, Michael? Football what? is almost here. Thank you. Thank you. Let's circle this back around into Tex Tech Sports because we've been talking about zoos and dinosaurs, party animals. Sorry, I had to cough. Had to mute. We're good. good. We'll have a quick update in this episode about baseball recruiting portal window. uh, What the MLB draft did to your signing class. Um, And then we'll look into basketball. There were two more hires made uh, to the basketball staff. Now, now officially it should be done. You hired. I thought we were done before. I I don't know. Figured in July, if a hire in July means you're done. I anyway. Yeah, you hired an assistant coach and now a GM, uh, which is kind of cool. We'll talk about the the basketball tournament and how the Air Raiders did. We'll look at the schedule. Matrix sets up, I would think, favorably for Texas Tech, especially under first year coach and McCaslin. But uh, and then we'll get to football because that's that's really what we want to do. Um, we'll talk about realignment and expansion we'll look at a fall camp starts this week media days is this week um go over a a projected depth chart um let you all know remind y'all that we are voting in a podcast host poll so our preseason podcast poll top 25 should be coming out soon maybe we should uh we should uh source this out just kidding it wouldn't be a pod poll it'd be a listener poll uh we'll let you we'll, we'll let you know how, how we vote but that'll be coming out soon um i don't know if we talked about it yet uh and it was kind of unofficial but i saw the we the, haven't this the, is new, the to, new to me hit. well so i i i had heard that like he may have been caught up in this, but Hunter Decker's projected starting quarterback for Iowa State uh, charged in betting investigation, accused of betting on Iowa State football. Yikes. Don't know yeah. what the what the penalty for that would be. It may, maybe even in the article. I haven't read the article. I just heard that like 
this could have some significant impact on the Iowa State season. Obviously, if you're going to have you know, your starting quarterback out for any amount of time, whether it's a game, 4, 6, 12, uh, get to what do we learn and then uh, set you up for our, our off-season episode that'll, that'll hit next week, let you know what we'll be talking about. A lot more about uh, our, our new conference mate rejoining Colorado and then um, look who may be next because at this point we don't know but there's a lot of smoke to who may be next and we'll, we'll talk about that next week but let's um let's do baseball and basketball really quickly Michael and then we'll we'll, we'll dive into football I'm not even gonna do the, the music just because it's uh yeah we'll spend more time listening to highlights which are great then we'll actually just talk, talk about baseball this time um I can't remember if we discussed it, but Dylan Carter is going to be is transferring to Georgia. Um, I don't I don't know if that was. I, I think that hit uh, after we recorded last. Okay, so um, and then Mason Molina hasn't announced yet. Correct. Yes. No. Yeah, he, he is did. going to Arkansas. Sorry, that was. Yeah, he did announce, but that was also after we recorded. Okay, so it's it's been a little, it's been a minute. Um, I think it was almost immediately, like maybe the day after the nineteenth. What a well, good luck to <laughs> Arkansas taking Molina. It just and, seems uh, weird, doesn't it? It seems tampery. Um, tampy 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 tamp. No, not tampy tamp. Tam- tampery tam- tamper bay. Uh, tamper pig. Yeah. Know. Woo, woo pig. Woo pig tamper. Woo pig. Anyways. Tech, texty out of hoursy. Um, we did. Well, so I think that was more caught up with Hudson White. Cause like, it was like portal window opens. He announces that he's in the portal and then announces he's going to Arkansas. Like really, you got all that set up in a matter of minutes, huh? Cool. Yeah. Um, I think we talked about it, but uh, Austin Green will be coming back next season. So your infield uh, will be that much more stable with Green and Tracer Lopez. Uh, Travis Sanders hopefully will be returning from injury. Um, Why am I blanking on Will Burns? Will Burns will be there. Um, your catcher slash third baseman should be back behind the plate playing his true position. Why can't it, why am I blanking on the baseball players' names? It hadn't been that long. It's been, it's been longer than you think. I guess it's been, who was about two months? wasn't Hudson White, was it? No, no. no. It, it's the guy that played third base all season. Transferred from Dallas Baptist. You probably can, say like his parents' name. I can see it. I can see him. Right I can now. see his face. What the hell is this guy's name? <laughs> this is painful. And I realize y'all are like screaming at the radio or at your headphones or at your phone or whatever it is you're listening to us on, but like... Hang on, I've got this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna... looking up this. Okay, well, you do that. Uh, Gavin Cash. Um, so, like, all your infield spots 
could be covered by returners and it would be really, really, you know, a solid group of guys. Uh, your rotation could be anybody's guess at this point. Um, you got it, Michael? No. <laughs> Do I need to look at it real quick? This is... You're going to have to. You're going to have to find it. Let me see. Let me go to like a recent Kevin Bazell. Damn it. That's it. I knew it. <laughs> and I had like Max stuck in, my, in my, my mind. I was like, it's Max something. No, it's not. Not even close. Um, plus, you got the incoming transfer from Gonzaga, Cade McGee. Uh, you got the, the potentially a starting pitcher and Max Huffling from... ACU, um, and then your uh, your recruiting class. So I hate this because uh, of the three Naylor brothers, you've had two of them committed, and all three of them, none of them have gone to college. Uh, Miles Naylor, the latest in the Naylor brother trilogy, um, was your top ranked recruit in the twenty three classes of shortstop and infielder. 48th ranked player uh, and went pick number 39 overall to Oakland uh, did sign his deal and he will be going pro. Now, luckily, or because this is how it works out and you're able to uh, provide such um, benefit to players actually in college, everybody else in your recruiting class, um, Nobody else was was affected by the draft in a, in a way that they will not be on campus. Now, whether or not they show up to campus with how rosters are managed, I don't know. But the next guy up that we were all concerned about, his name is Mac Hoyer, right-handed pitcher out of Georgia, um, 57th ranked. He ended up going 488th overall uh, to the Guardians, but uh, Mac came out and said, Hey, thanks guardians for the opportunity for drafting me, but I'm going to go to Texas tech. Um, one of your other good players, TJ Pompey shortstop, uh, 82nd ranked undrafted will be at tech Landon striplings, second baseman, 76, 76th overall undrafted should be at tech. Uh, only the player it looks like was drafted was Gavin Jones, a left-handed pitcher or first baseman, Went 546th overall to the Mets. We'll be at Tech. Uh, so you got a bunch of guys on this list. Um, you know, catcher Davis Rivers, third baseman Garrett Bohm, Bame, however you pronounce that, B-O-E-H-M. Uh, three right-hand, four right-handed pitchers in a row here. Chandler Cole, so Chandler Coe, Cole Cat, Cass, Cassie Case, or Casey, who knows? Carson Preby also plays uh, first base, and then Sterling Bigley, which is a great name for a baseball player. Bigley. Yeah, Lane Bledsoe, yeah. left-handed pitcher. Parker Hatira or Huttera, right-handed pitcher. J.M. Long, third baseman. Garrett Schroeder, the middle infielder. Brady Trombello, right-handed pitcher. Will Magids. McGids, McGeeds, Utility, and then Joe Sockwell. It's a pitcher. So that's your recruiting class as of uh, 
whoever tracks these things. Uh, you had three of them drafted. Only one of them will be going professional. So hope to see those guys in Lubbock, especially in the fall, fall series. But we'll talk about that when it comes time. Connect with our main man, Keith Patrick. Uh, until then, though, baseball's a... Uh, Baseball's done, and I hate it because I'm a huge Rangers fan, and I can't keep up with the number one AL West team because Bally Sports, and I will rail on Bally Sports as long as I can. The uh, they yeah. they had some 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 troubles facing the Astros lately, uh, lost that series, but uh, managed to come out still in first place because they did win the last game. Um, the Rangers are sixty-one and forty-two. At this juncture, junction of the season, they are a half game up on the Astros. Texas is 61 and 46. The Astros are 61 and 47. Um, that 61 and 46 is good for fourth in baseball. Made the fourth best record. Um, two of them that are ahead of them are in the AL East, Tampa Bay and Baltimore. Baltimore, who who saw that coming? Good gravy. They were so bad last year. Um, but they are number one in the AL East. Game and a half lead on Tampa Bay. Everybody in the East is uh, above 500. The Yankees are in fifth place at 55 and 52. 11 games back, still above 500. Whereas like you look at the last place team in the the central division, Kansas city, 32 and 75. Yikes. Oakland 30 and 77. Okay. That's baseball. I'd love to watch more. I have a baseball on my desk. I'm throwing it around because I had some games in it. You're wearing a Ranger shirt too. You're a Ranger shirt. You just can't watch them. Just can't watch them. I can watch or, them if they ever play on Sunday nights on, and ESPN yeah. picks them up. Or if you choose to subscribe to yet another streaming service for 20-something dollars a month. 20-something, like the most expensive streaming service. I know. For one thing that you can get, and it's Bally Freaking Sports. Or if they uh, if they play in Atlanta, you can pick them up on, on TBS then. <laughs> there you go. Anyways. All right. Basketball. Um We'll just we'll just hit the 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 notes here and and we'll we'll save the highlights for football. Uh, okay, so we mentioned it in the open. McCaslin hired two more individuals for the staff. One is an assistant coach. Dave Smart was the assistant, then the head coach, and then the director of operations at Carleton, which is a university in Canada. Um. Interesting enough, he stepped down from the head coach, not because he was uh, fired or not performing well. I think he just wanted to step back from coaching because this man, Michael, had won 13 national titles with Carlton. Oh, my gosh. Um, He won five in a row from 2003 to 2007, then won 2009, then won... Five more in a row, 2011 through 2015, then 2017 and 2019. 
So he won in 2019 and was like, okay, guys. I'm done. Man, this is... I wonder, this is going to sound like an awful comparison, but I wonder if it was an almost an Urban Meyer thing where you're just, okay, guys, I've, I've, I've done all I can do. I, I can't, I cannot, I can't sign up for another year. Yeah. Maybe, then, maybe he has some health scares or just like, there's nothing yeah, else I, like I can do. And like he had been passed over for positions, assistant positions elsewhere, or, uh, it was a head coach opening that in, in these, in the States that, that he was in the running for and didn't get, um, Maybe like he missed his window or whatever. Sure, sure. But didn't strike while the iron was hot enough or whatever. I mean, he won thirteen <laughs> national titles <laughs> in sixteen years. That's ridiculous. He didn't yeah, but 08. those those last three weren't in a row, Spencer. So that's, <sighs> that's a problem. God, He's falling off. Talk about man. Uh, talk about uh, being spoiled with success there. Like, bro, you won. You won. <laughs> 2019 but that, that, that was his last year as a coach like yeah i don't know he, he went on on top that's what it was yeah he, he he walked off into the sunset was also coach of the year 13 times not every year he won the title was he coach of the year which i thought was interesting um but he was coach of the year 13 times and national champion 13 times anyways he'll be an here's assistant a topical coach. reference mm-hmm. here's a topical reference it's a lot like when Steve Martin stepped down from stand-up comedy. I'm missing the you, reference. Are you familiar? No. You're okay. Well, he was he was one of the biggest stars on the planet at the time. And then he just quit doing it. But then he transitioned into acting and writing and music. So it's the exact same thing. He's he's still coaching. He's still performing. You know, Steve Martin's still performing. It's just a different aspect. So Dave Smart's still coaching. It's just a different version of it, mm. different area. Yeah. I mean, he was still at the same school, too. So it wasn't like he got hired away. He was like, I need to get away from Carlton or like there's something some something scandalous. He's like, right. he's kind of pushed yeah. out. No, it's like he stepped down from coach to director of ops. Anyways, he'll be here as an assistant coach. Has the uh, reputation as a defensive-minded coach, which... Stocking up on go well with, yeah, on DCs on the the basketball staff. Um, so we may win a lot of games, uh, 60 to 30, but it's a 30 point win. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be great. I I would take 35 to 30. I looked up if if we win, like one of the title games, national title games, they won, he won by like 50 points, it was like 80 to 30 something. (laughs) Ridiculous, yeah, so it wasn't. The offense was obviously really good, but the defense was yeah, grossly good. And I'm also remembering now uh, at least a couple of the years that he didn't win the national title, like he was upset in the title game. And I think oh, one so of them he was like made a, it there. was like a double overtime loss by one or oh two points. Gosh. Like the dude was, was Canadian collegiate basketball. Like if there was only one Duke or one Kansas – like and they just won every year. That was Dave Smart. Anyway, now he's in Lubbock, Texas. It's in Lubbock, Texas. Uh, McCaslin also hired Kellen Buffington, uh, huge um, scout and event organizer in amateur basketball from the Metroplex. Uh, very highly regarded. Uh, he will be on staff as a GM. Um. 
So I don't know exactly what that role would, what that entails. I don't know if it's like a, if he like a director of recruiting type stuff or, um, you know, we, we like the, the Brian Nance of the basketball team or, um, if he's going to be doing more scouting or whatever. Anyways, uh, this article came out when he was talking about when he was hired, uh, Buffington is one of the most connected scouts and event organizers in the country. His amateur, amateur basketball events consistently attract the nation's top talent and teams. So he has all those connections with all those top teams and organizations. His company, the TB TB five reports was an early identifier of elite players. Um, like Cade Cunningham, Anthony Black, Keontae George, and Cason Wallace. Buffington's deep ties to the grassroots scene gives Texas Tech a distinct edge over other schools in the state. I like it. So, yes, it sounds like exactly like a Brian. It's like he's going to be the guy that's going to turn on, like, this is the next guy we need to be focusing our attention on. This is who we need to go after. Um, Not only because he's a good evaluator of talent, but he's just so well connected and plugged in the basketball tournament michael i watched game yes. one and it was interesting i don't know what i was expecting was. um but tech step tech step, the air raiders got up to a big lead uh there was a, a little bit of a, some fight and a run from the purple hearts but uh, the big lead was too much to overcome, which I think was storyline of game number two as well. Um, a lot of picadors were in attendance. Apparently, Michael, you were there. Yes. Yeah, I, I ran into a lot of guys, and a lot of these guys I hadn't even met before, but I'm going to name them off in case they're listening because some of them do. And so shout out to Mr. Stevens. It's good to finally meet you. I've Steven, Mr. Stevens has listened to our podcast for several years now, and he's chimed in interacted and we've talked a lot on discord and everything but i've this first time i got to meet him so that was really great mr root saw him saw him again at the game saw maddie big hen saw slimson saw rob saw carson and i didn't know this until later but i was sitting behind crispy ttu who single-handedly started a raider power chant before tip-off very nice i witnessed it i saw this i was like I was just, it was right before tip off. Everybody was getting pretty amped because Austin had just lost. It was eight o'clock. Stadium was, stadium was rolling. You know, p- people could get there for the first game. So probably had a few beers in the first game. <laughs> stadium was, was, I mean, it was ready. The arena was going. And so uh, he took the opportunity to start a Raider power chant by himself. And the entire arena joined in before tip off. So I was, I was a witness. I, what was that? What's that in? Mad Max Fury Road. Do they just shout witness? Then they spray like the silver spray paint on their face. I haven't seen it. Well, that's kind of, I don't know if that's relevant anymore. Maybe it's not. <laughs> anyway, Crispy, I see you, buddy. That was awesome. But anyway, it was great to meet, meet a lot of these guys, see a lot of them again. Uh, always fun to, to hang out with with the, the picadors who are part of the gauchos network. If you guys want to be a picador, you can go to gambling gauchos, Twitter handle. You can sign up for their Patreon and they'll let you in the discord. Join us, which is where I, which is where I met most all these guys and got to, got to see them in person. They actually admitted they knew who I was. It was, it was good. 
You but also, game two. Also find a lot awful. of uh, 23 personnel fans in the Discord, just so you know. Yeah. It, there's a there's a cross there's a cross section there. There's a Venn diagram. Yeah. Uh Briggsy. They at least know we're there. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I've heard of those guys before, and they haven't totally pissed me off on Twitter. <laughs> big Big Hen had some really nice he had some really kind words to say about us, and I appreciate that. Well, that's that nice. was that was nice. Uh game two. Though, same storyline. Uh, one team got up to a big lead. There was a little bit of a run, but couldn't overcome it. But this time it was Texas Tech. They got down, what was it? Not, not Texas Tech. The Air Raiders. Uh, got down by like 30 points. Yeah, I missed that game. I was traveling. Um, it was the enchantment. Some enchanted evening. What was it? Anyway. Yeah, the they... The Mexico team. Golly. It was awful. I... I I think it was really bad at halftime and it just never, never really recovered. But I was really surprised by that because I saw that team play. You know, I, I caught most of the, I caught a little bit of the second quarter and then all of the second half because the enchantment played the Austin team and I forget what they were, but uh, they played the, the UT alumni right before the air Raiders kicked off on Wednesday night and I thought they were a pretty solid team and they had some good shooters, but I didn't think much of it. And then, you know, the way tech played, of course, tech was playing the the number eight seed. Um, They weren't playing a team that was necessarily an alumni school. It was, I believe it was uh, the purple hearts were organized to in memory of a, of a young girl who was lost to gun violence. So it's not, they didn't have an affiliation with the school. They were number eight seed, and and Tech did what they were supposed to do. Tech Air Raiders did what they were supposed to do against against that team. But I, my basketball eyes must have deceived me. I didn't think the they were going to be able to. I really thought they were going to make it out of Lubbock easily after that first game, even knowing that it was a one versus an eight seed, basically. But I just. I liked what I saw. I liked seeing these guys play together. Uh, you know, I, I saw Tariq throw a an alley-oop to Zach Smith, and I about lost it. Um, it was really fun to just watch these super athletic guys still show off and still be able to do, to do what they can do. And John Robertson? Uh-huh. Man, I am so sorry, John. I, I was not familiar with your game, but I am now. Because that was kind of... I was probably in school while he was there. We're probably close to the same age, but I wasn't super into tech basketball. I really didn't truly start following them that closely till 2010, 2012, when they were really bad. I don't know why. I, I guess it was just because I wanted to go to the games and tickets were really easy to get. And so that was really when I started following him. So I kind of missed his era, but man, he was impressive. Uh, one, of, one of the more impressive guys I saw mainly because I just was really kind of unfamiliar with them, but I was surprised to see the enchantment put it on the air Raiders like they did. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, the team from North Texas that was in our bracket ended up winning the Lubbock regional bleed green. Um, I was looking through the bracket. So quarterfinals wrapped up the final four, uh, is tomorrow bleed green will be in the final four and they're still alive facing a team. Michael, get this 
named Friday Beers. <laughs> yeah, love that. It's like a rec league just somewhere. I want to know who's on this team and like... But yeah, so it'll be Friday Beers versus Bleed Green and then Heartfire. I don't know what school they're from. And then Heard That from Marshall are in the final four. Friday Beers. Yeah. Uh, they beat Athletics Miami, Men of Mackey, Carmen's Crew, and then Nasty Natty. Oh, yeah. Uh, let me see their roster. from Boston. I don't recognize any of these names. D. Boast, Alex Later, Cody Clark, Deshaun Knight, Ryan Brown, Christian McCowulu. <laughs> Butchered that. Rusty Featherstone, Aubrey Dawkins, Gabe oh. York, Deshaun Freeman, Ian Miller, J Julian Gamble. Yeah, That's these guys the are from everywhere. The Different, Julian like, Gamble is the only one that kind of sounds familiar. Michigan, Central Florida, uh, Tennessee State, Texas A&M, Arkansas, Illinois State, Mississippi State, Rutgers, Arizona. I mean, just everywhere. Julian Gamble. Well, that's interesting. I had no idea. Friday beers. Their blurb says, just like beers on a Friday, this team will just hit different. <laughs> anyway, so that's the, <laughs> that's the basketball tournament. Our Air Raiders got knocked out in round two. Um, but our Red Raiders, Michael. Yeah. We yeah. have a schedule update. Uh, the Matrix, schedule Matrix was released. Um, and it gives you the rotation for who you're playing where, but not the order you're playing them in. So you will get one, two, three, four, five teams you'll play twice, home and away. Those teams are Baylor, Texas, TCU. So I love that you're playing those uh, original Big 12 teams. You'll play them here in the state of Texas. Uh, Oklahoma State, you get them home and away, and Central Florida, UCF. Michael, does it feel like the conference, I don't know like who would be in control of this, but the conference is trying to drum up some kind of not rivalry, but like, like Texas Tech and UCF connection. Maybe, maybe because, you know, we play them instead of Oklahoma State and instead of Iowa State in football this year and Oklahoma too, if I remember mm, we don't, right. We don't play either the Oklahoma schools. We don't. Um, well, we don't play the Oklahoma schools in football. Um, well, and I think, you know, I think they, they released the, the women's matrix too. I'm going to see if that's, if that's there as well. You'll, you'll play them of the three newcomers that are on your schedule. They're one of them, obviously. Uh, you're not going to get Cincinnati on, on the football side, but you get UCF in Lubbock. Got them home and away for basketball. They're not a good basketball team right now. But anyways, it just felt like, um, okay, also. It's not for the women. It's not for the women. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's just it's just the men's sports 
for the women, they have home and away. They play Cincinnati, Houston, Oklahoma State, Texas, and TCU. So they get two new Big 12 foes that they will see on home and away. And they go home only with UCF. Hmm. Interesting. It's, it's, it's worth paying attention to because I, I have kind of wondered that too. I wonder if there's going to be some intentional pairings throughout the years or maybe not intentional, but um, I don't know. Not side effect. What I'm trying to say. A byproduct of just scheduling that somehow it B- makes sense for yeah. BYU and Baylor. Yeah. There's well, there's uh, just you know we're just just a decent flight from Orlando to here. It's just one stop. Okay, so yeah. speaking of decent flight, um, BYU of the basketball pairings, BYU, UCF, whatever, they have a home and a home, home and away, so they will make that trip twice, or Oof. you know, the, the, they have each other on their home and away schedule, uh, the the longest trip within the conference. Okay, but back to Texas Tech, home only conference opponents will be BYU. Cincinnati, Kansas, and Kansas State. So not that I'm I'm saying like, like we needed a break, but catching Kansas and Kansas State in Lubbock only and not having to go to Bramlage or go to uh, Fog Allen, sign me up, man. Yeah, I, I really enjoy that. I, I don't have – I know that Houston – okay, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. So the away only – Mm-hmm. is Iowa State, which is a tough place to play. Um, Oklahoma and West Virginia. West Virginia is not... Who knows what's going to happen That does Virginia. not scare me right now. In August 1st, no. 2023, to West Virginia does not scare me right now. Like it, I wouldn't say it normally scares me, but it definitely... It's a tough place to play. Sure. I'm not sure if that's going to translate so much this year. But Houston. Houston's the one that I don't know. I, I know they're... Obviously, I know they're a really good team. Well, they uh, were a really good got team. A, right. They've got a fiery group of guys, but I'm not sure what the atmosphere is like. So I would assume that because of their success, at the very least, and Houston fans may all chime in and be like, oh, these guys don't know what they're talking about. Well, I don't. What fans? But I don't, <laughs> I don't know if they have a ton of attendance or if it's like a really crazy arena. With, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know that. Do you know? No. Is that mm-hmm. a place that we should be kind of concerned with as far as atmosphere? I don't know. Maybe not concerned, but just focusing on. So It's exciting. So, yeah, you're away only. You, you mentioned it. Iowa State, Houston, Oklahoma, West Virginia. Overall, fairly Pretty good draw. Good draw for Texas Tech and for McCaslin's first season. Yeah. Um, that he doesn't have to go to Kansas. Um does have to go to the Hilton and to Morgantown, but and and Houston, I guess. But um, anyways, that's basketball. We got to move on to football, Michael. We're running out of time. Yes, let's do it. All let's right, let's do it. Let's talk some football. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge, or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, 
You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one. In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. And over the middle, it is caught. It's Martinez. Nehemiah, touchdown. Crossing pattern. There it is. Miles Price. He's got room. Down the sideline. Miles and miles and miles. 54 yards. A touchdown. Look at the end zone. Bradley. He's got it. What a start for Texas Tech. And handed off Brooks. Finds the hole. Up the middle, and he's gone. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Uh, Daniels will go to throw, looking towards the end zone. It is Smith, and it's intercepted. Adrian Taylor Demerson. Morton guns it over the middle, and it's caught. Bradley breaks a tackle, sprints in the end zone, and touchdown, Texas Tech. Shot winds up the deep ball sideline, caught. Touchdown, Raider Raiders. What a throw. And now the senior scores. Hutchings with a senior moment. <laughs> Gabriel. And is it picked? 
That's right, Michael. We're winners. It said so. It said so in the thing. Yeah, the 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 big voice guy said it. So, um, he did. Let's do Texas Tech football, then we'll get to Big Twelve. We will talk about Colorado. I, I promise you. Fall camp starts on Friday, Michael. Um, media day is this week. I don't know if we'll get a fall depth a chart. I'm just kidding. Um, I know we talked about the depth chart after the spring. Um, not really anything that I would I would expect to change or to be updated. But uh, looking across the, the offense, I will read you these names, Michael, and, and tell me your excitement level for the offense, and we'll do the same thing for, for the defense, okay? Okay. We'll, we'll start up front. Uh, Monroe Mills at left tackle. Cole Spencer at left guard. Rusty Stott at center. Dennis Wilburn, right guard. Caleb Rogers, right tackle. Experience, bring it on. Ready to have them back. Yeah. Uh, some of them are back, but some of them have been hurt. Monroe Mills is the youngest as a junior. Yes. You've got uh, four seniors across that line with multiple years of not with, with either experience with uh, Texas Tech or with Kitley or both. Sorry, I couldn't get his name out. Um, receivers. Duran Bradley on the outside. Uh, opposite him, I would say probably like J.J. Sparkman. Your two yeah. outside guys. Inside, uh, if you go with two inside receivers, like I would look at Miles Price and Dre McRae. But then options. Uh, I mean, I guess McRae could be outside as well, but he's doesn't have the the body for an outside receiver, but I guess he could be. Um, other outside options, Loic Fungi, Brady Boyd, Coy Eakin. Uh, inside, Miles Price, Xavier White, Nehemiah Martinez, Drew Hocutt. But it was just starter. I would assume is Miles Price. Um if McCray's going to be on the outside. I don't know where he's going to slot, where he's going to end up going. And then tight end, Baylor Cup, or Mason Tharp. So receiving options, your thoughts there, Michael? I'm really excited about seeing Bradley again, seeing Sparkman. Uh, it feels like Tech went, we, we took the wide receiver position for granted for so long and then haven't had as dynamic of a wide receiver core as we would we'd grown accustomed to over the last few years obviously there were some guys that flashed but not quite the the same level as what we'd seen uh, years before but I, I think with sparkman and bradley we're heading that direction again for sure uh and then you you could get some 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 spark on the inside too with mccray and price oh yeah price uh, is excellent I, I don't want to sell him short no pun intended but it's just the uh, he's he's proved himself to me i mean and you know so have what we got to see of sparkman and and bradley those are some really talented guys but i was i've just been more concerned about wide receivers in the last mm -hmm. few years it's just been no, uh, more inconsistent 
quarterback obviously would be Tyler Shuck. Baron Morton would be his backup. Um, no surprise there for me, at least. I mean, he, no, was, I, and, he was named as a starter, but. Yeah, I, I love that he was named. I like that we're not going into camp having this conversation slash debate. It's just over. McGuire named him, what, six weeks ago by now? Something like that, yeah. I, I was like, yeah, good. Thank you. Thank you so much. And then running backs, Taj Brooks, Cameron Valdez, Bryson Donnell. I would say like, like past Brooks, you've saw, you've seen flashes from both Donnell and and Valdez, but like unproven. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be an interesting to see who's going to really show up as the number two. So from the guys that we listed off as starters, Michael, the youngest Jaren Bradley as a sophomore, as a red shirt sophomore. Everybody else is a senior outside of Monroe Mills, who's a junior. So you get one sophomore, but he's been, this will be his third year. Monroe Mills, he's a junior. Everybody else is going to be seniors. It's going to be old ass offense. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Yes. Let's have and some even, experience. But even like if you look in the depth chart, like, okay, so if it's not Bradley, uh, McRae, he's a senior. Logue Fungi's a senior. Sparkman's a redshirt junior. Uh, Miles Price is a senior. Xavier White's a senior. Nehemiah Martinez will be a junior. Um, Baylor Cup is a senior. Mason Tharp is a junior. Henry Teeter is a senior. Brooks is a senior at running back. Cameron Valdez is a sophomore. Donnell is a freshman, but he's a redshirt freshman. I mean, it's old, man. Defense. I still love defensive line or just the front seven. However you want to look at it, man. I think the front of this defense could be, well, I think the the defensive line, the outside linebackers, and then the defensive backs could be safe, could be salty. Feel a lot, feel a lot better once I see how the, the middle linebacker is going to do, but up front, obviously, would start with the defensive lineman, Jalen Hutchings, Tony Bradford. I mean, those dudes. Yeah. Um, and then your defensive. How old end, are they? <laughs> seniors. Oh man. Okay. And then your big defensive end. So uh, you know, think about the position that. Um, why am I blanking? I can't remember names tonight, Michael. This is fantastic. Um, was just drafted. Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson. Taking over that position, defensive end, Miles Cole. Just as big of a, as, a, as a specimen as, as Wilson. Um, and then you were, you were outside linebacker, the blitzing defensive end. Steve Linton, the transfer from Syracuse. And then I think Isaac Smith would be behind him. Um, I've heard a lot, a lot, a lot of good things about Linton, and it's not coming from him. So it's not just him talking himself up, but it's like a lot of guys that know, that looking at him and like think that he could really be a factor and hugely disruptive, hugely (laughs) really disruptive along the defensive front this year. And I think about a, like 
not that Steve Linton's small because he's he's really not that small, but he's super fast. I think of um, Eric Stryker. Mm. That was yeah. the blitzing defensive end, outside linebacker for Oklahoma a few years ago. Steve Linton, uh, 6'5", 240. Yeah, day. and if he's fast, well, and like you said, a senior, someone who's been around the game for a while. Yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot of hide up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so your middle linebackers, uh, this has Josiah Pierre and Jacob Rodriguez as your starters. Uh, I would I would think Bryce Ramirez would be uh, here in the rotation as a backup. I don't. I've seen him kind of listed as, as a, like a outside linebacker on the like behind Linton. I don't think that's his position. I think he's more of a middle linebacker. Um. I kind of thought so too, but yeah, he's listed as outside right now. Uh, but yeah, Josiah Pierre, Jacob Rodriguez, uh, they're old. Uh, I just, this is a, a new position for Pierre. I know he was playing, um, he was playing the outside linebacker position um, last year. Tyreek Matthews is still hanging around, which I'd love to see that, that you've got some, some age there and, and, um, experience. I know he, he had, he had had a couple of good flashes and, and, and plays last season. Hope to see that kind of all put together. Then you got a young guy in Ty Kana, Kana, however you want to pronounce that, um, in the mix there. And then you get to the, the defensive backs, um, your star. So this is your hybrid linebacker safety. The, it's going to be CJ Baskerville, your transfer from San Diego state. I love that. Um, I don't know about depth behind him. Um, I just, I don't know. I, on this, on this, uh, on this page, our lads, <laughs> the, has a uh, Brendan Jordan slated behind Baskerville. What would that be? Maybe one of the few places that this defense doesn't have as much depth this year. I mean, that's a huge improvement based off of the last couple years where it seems like you saw the same guy's name on the depth chart in four or five different positions just to have a couple names on there. Yeah, maybe. Sorry. I was reading about one of these players on here that I didn't recognize his name. Um, yeah, Brendan Jordan. Um, freshman coming out of Mansfield in that uh, first class of McGuire's. Sorry, I'm just blanking today. Let's do uh, let's do corners next. Um, Rayshad Williams and Malik Dunlap. I think it's fantastic you got them both back. Um, yes, they were huge parts of your defense last year. Obviously they were um, starters for you there and them coming back. Like I said, it's just really big. Um, behind them, Cameron Watts, Jordan Sanford, uh, and then Marion Horn. Cameron Watts is a, is a senior, but the other, other guys are, are freshmen. So there's not a lot of experienced depth uh, behind your starters, uh, even with saying Watts is a senior, I I don't even know how much he's played. Um, 
So that's something to look out for. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm looking for, there was a, there's a player that transferred in. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find out, I'm trying to remember who he was. That is in the mix. Is it Braylon Lux? Is he, uh, sorry, this is fantastic. The page isn't loading. Um, of he's a not. senior, San Jose, California. Okay, so he's defensive back, senior. I believe he's a transfer and could be also competing for a spot there. Um, Okay. You ready to do some bold projections? We, we we didn't do the the safeties yet, which we'll do really quickly. Oh, okay. Tyler Owens okay. and and Rabbit would be your your starting safeties, which I both of them have been here long enough. Love that. Uh, Owens, obviously, the transfer from Texas. Um, oh, one of the other other transfers we need to talk about as, as a defensive back is AJ Adonis McCarty coming in from Baylor. Um, he could be competing or providing at least some some depth there as a corner. So, all right. Love it. We'll get a lot more uh, information as fall camp goes along and how the team is shaken out. Um, but football, man, it's here. It's right around the corner. Fall camp starts in a couple days. Um, Texas Tech Media Day is this week. And then we're off, man. We're just uh, a month out from game number one in Wyoming. Okay, let's talk about let's talk bowl projections. Yeah, so Athlon Sports released their list for the Big Twelve bowl projections, and I kind of think they just basically took the Vegas odds and then just seeded them by the first games that these big 12 teams would get. So because of that, this is why you're getting new year's six bowl cotton bowl would be Texas versus Utah. According to, according to Athlon, the Alamo bowl, Oklahoma versus UCLA. The pop tarts bowl. Is that replacing Cheez-Its? I think so because they're all under the same brand. Okay. I think it's Kellogg's. I think they're all part of a Kellogg. I, I looked into this because, of course, I did. Uh, but, yeah, they're, they're, it's the same parent company. So for those of you who were like, oh, good, we boycotted Cheez-Its and, and got him out of there, not so fast, my friend. Not so fast. Mr. Kellogg is still involved. So Pop-Tarts Bowl, Clemson versus Kansas State, the Texas Bowl, TCU versus Texas A&M. Liberty Bowl, Oklahoma State versus Missouri. Guaranteed Rate Bowl. Hey, this is us. Texas Tech versus Maryland. Armed Forces would be Western Kentucky versus Kansas. First Responder would be Baylor versus North Texas. Uh, Independence, UCF versus Southern Miss. 
Frisco, which was, they just announced what it was going to be. It's like Scooter's Coffee Frisco Bowl or something. And that's BYU versus Air Force. Hmm. So missing from this list, noticeably, is uh, Cincinnati. West Virginia. Not Kansas. Yeah, West Virginia is missing. Who else is missing? Iowa State. Iowa State. Is that everybody? Mm-hmm. Let me see. How many How many they list? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, Houston. Nine, oh, ten. Houston, yeah. They're not going to make a bowl. Yeah, Houston. So those are the four that were left off this list. Uh, kind of puts Tech really taking low. a step back from last year. Yeah. Uh, Forgive me for not buying into Alan Bowman being able to lead Oklahoma State. I don't see it. Well, they don't have to come to Lubbock, so maybe anything's possible. Yeah, there's an extra win on their on their schedule. I don't see TCU really being two spots ahead of Texas Tech this year either. Uh, I also don't. I, I I have a lot I'm not sure about, and. Yes, Texas should be good, but everyone says that every year. That is one thing I'm, oh, man, this is the last year we have to deal with that. Is Texas back? It's going to be next year. Yeah, not even that. It's it's just going to be, I I wish we could go back and look at every single year of the Big 12 and maybe except for when Nebraska was in it, just see how many years like Texas and OU were one and two in some order in preseason. Um, it's just well, and then see, OU, yeah, the OU have has proved their case. You know, they last year obviously had a bad year, but they have proved their case. But Texas hasn't. It's just a matter of expectations and on paper they should. Anyway, it's just the same crap we've been hearing this whole time. I'm looking forward to a league where it's probably going to be. I don't know. They could be five different schools in five years preseason number one and they may be wrong every year too (laughs) it's going to be kind of fun yeah all right uh let's do colorado first before we do iowa state colorado's coming back to the big 12 man uh first first impressions first reactions are you excited about this do you like it does it move the needle for you at all it's it does a couple of things for me. A lot of it has to do with just the I I am sort of disgusted with myself at how much I'm enjoying the Pac-12 implosion. Such uh, I think a lot him? of yeah yeah <laughs> I, and I, I it's not a side of me I've really enjoyed learning exists, but just all the crap that Big Twelve fans and Texas Tech fans in particular went through after UT and OU left and all the Pac-12 shade thrown our way from them, specifically from Utah, from all all of these schools that were better than Tech in, in all aspects and all things worth measuring according to them. So to see it kind of get blown back up and the exact same thing happened to them, they're too flagship schools decide to leave and then they're left floundering on their own, unable to get anything done. 
Because and nobody wants that inventory. Another school leaves. Yeah, I mean, I think the dam just broke with Colorado leaving. I'm. We'll get into this more on the next episode, but, you know, by the time I was a Tech fan, Colorado's football had, you know, started to fall off a little bit. Well, so I'm not national titles anymore. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that's kind of a big deal. That's the nineties were, were pretty great in Boulder, but I don't want to act like I'm not excited because as what we've seen, just, uh, you know, the fan base is there. They're, they remember those really good teams. They did have a, a 10 win team in the last decade. I mean, they've, they've had some, uh, some success on the gridiron, admittedly not much lately, but with Dion being there and, you know, ESPN being there for their spring game, them practically being sold out for a spring game. A lot of eyes are on Boulder already. And, uh, you know, we'll get into a little bit more. They've, they've had a lot of success on the basketball court lately. Uh, women's women's team, especially their last two years, but, I am excited. I, I think geographically it makes sense. It's a place that I think a lot of us would, if we if we looked on the calendar and saw, oh man, Tech's going to Boulder in October. Well, let's let's figure out how to go there. How do we get? Yeah. <laughs> how, how do we make this happen? You know, how do we travel to Boulder? That sounds like a lot of fun to to go there in the fall or or even in the you know November or something. If if you want to get crazy, get go to Boulder in December. That's not going to happen. It's get wild. That's not how the schedule works. But my initial thought was, oh, man, the Pac-12 is really hurting. I kind of like it. I don't not like Colorado. Um, I don't have, like, this huge connection to them from the Big 12 days, but it makes a lot of sense, and I am pretty excited about them coming back. What do you, what do you think, man? So you mentioned uh, as you were a, uh, a Tech Tech fan, I want you to remind everybody, my 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 fandom started when I was a, a freshman there. I didn't grow up a Tech Tech fan, didn't really grow up a college athletics fan, but, um, you know, but I fell in love immediately when I got on campus. So my first season was 2007. If y'all remember that 2007 game versus Colorado, I was I was not in attendance uh, I was, I'd already started to work, uh, on these little remote regional orchestras, uh, cause I was a, I was a music major my, my first year there at tech. Uh, I didn't get to watch this game, but Harold threw three interceptions. Oh yeah. And one of them was a pick six. Colorado wins this game 31, 26. Um, Harold Michael was 46 of 62 which is just wild to think about three touchdowns of four interceptions. That's an excellent percentage. <laughs> just, yeah, it's, it's not, not even that bad. Um, really? Tw- he completed 50. Yeah. 12, uh, 12 total team rushing attempts, Michael. I think, I think I know why you didn't watch that one, Spencer. And I'm pretty sure because it was not televised. Well, that too. Um, it was like a, like I a think eleven. I listened game. to that one on the radio. Yeah. yeah. Um, Twelve team rushing attempts, 
Only four of them came from running backs. Aaron Crawford had two carries. Kobe Lewis had two carries. Ed Britton, a receiver, had one carry. Eric Morris had one carry. Graham Harrell was credited with six carries for zero yards. Um, th- 12 carries for 39 total yards. 29 of them came on one carry. Oh, wait, you're talking about, hang on, you're talking about the, the 2007 game or 2006? This is seven. Oh, okay, hang on a second. Because I think 2006 was bad too. That, I think that's the one I remember because 2007 was in Lubbock and Six that one was been, on TV. Yeah. Six was in Boulder. Um, but Harold had a, one, another bad day there too, didn't he? Yes. <laughs> I got him confused. Yeah. Um, Between those two games, I think he threw like seven interceptions. It snapped there. Colorado snapped in 2006. It was, they had a 10 game losing streak going until Texas tech came to town. Oh my gosh. And Texas tech lost 30 to six. And those six came in the fourth quarter with nine minutes to go. So it was 23 to nothing until then. And yeah, Harrell had three interceptions that day too. He was still 26 of 39. Um, yeah. So really 29 of 39, if you include the three picks. But yeah, I got him. I got the multiple interception games confused. The the Boulder game, no, I don't think, not the Boulder, the Colorado game in 07, that wasn't the one where he, he flipped off the fans, but. I can't remember which it one may it have was. been because it, it, it may have been. I wasn't there. Been, like he would have been at home and would have flipped off his home home fans. So it may have been 06 because or sorry, 07 when he was at home. I he think did he throw, got benched in 07. It doesn't show there are any other passing attempts besides Harold, but maybe the other guy okay. just came in and I don't know. Anyways, uh the other guy would have been um Taylor Potts. Hodges, I think. Not in seven, was it? Oh no, you're right. You're right. Anyways, that that was a that was a stinker of a game. Uh, all time, Texas Tech is five and five with Colorado. Uh, the last game of this series was in 2010. You did play that one in Boulder. It was a Tommy Tuberville versus Dan Hawkins matchup. Um, Tuberville won that one, 27-24. So. Got a little one-game win streak going. Um, yeah. So I think, again, my uh, my excitement level is more schadenfreude watching the Pac-12 implode. Um, in terms of long-term stability for the Big 12, it certainly helps um, because just the foundation is crumbling away. Like y- you thought like it was going to be, unfortunately, between you and the Pac-12, like who's, gonna, who's going to cannibalize whom? And man, I'm so glad we're on the uh, the offensive side here with Brett Yormark and not waiting around or just not being in a position where you can't sell your media rights and just the rats are jumping off the ship. Um, yeah, and I, I, I just want to welcome the Colorado Buffalo fans who love sports. I mean, it just seems like the Pac-12 is just littered with so many fan bases, quote-unquote fan bases, but really just schools and 
and communities and alumni that just sports is just an afterthought. But just because there's just so much other things to do in these other towns, it's just so much cooler. I mean, I'm sure you're talking about the, been, the West Coast schools, right? Because have you been? Utah's not saying to that. Berkeley. Oh my gosh, I'm not going to go to a Bears game. Anyway, Corvallis just, is not saying that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm just welcome, welcome Colorado fans of sports. The Big Twelve likes sports. Uh, we have a lot of fans who genuinely enjoy the whole thing. They they follow recruiting. They follow the team, whether they're good or bad. They they watch the games. They record them. They go to the games. I mean, it's they travel for them. Welcome back to so, relevancy. Yes, it's it's nice. It's it's nice to have a, a bunch of schools that are kind of on the same page there. All right. So this they. They, Colorado, will is set to join in 2024. So Texas and Oklahoma are out. Colorado yeah. steps in like pretty quickly. That's fast, man. Come on um, in. Love that. Uh, that would leave Tech at an odd number of schools. Is it 11 or 13? It would be 13. So 13 schools, which is now Texas Tech is and embroiled in the number of conference members no longer matches the name of the conference. Well, which I guess is, has been the case for 11 years now. For a decade. <laughs> yeah. When Colorado and Nebraska and A&M and Missouri took off. A-holes. Do I want any of them back? Colorado. Uh, you can screw yourself, Mizzou and A&M. Nebraska, Mizzou I think. Mizzou did screw themselves. I think Nebraska fits better where they're at, although they haven't been relevant or successful at all. But they ain't getting paid. Colorado, on the other hand, uh, not successful and ended up losing like over the 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 course of their Pac-12 membership. Had they stayed a Big 12 member, even under the shadow of Texas and Oklahoma, I think they cost themselves like 30 or $40 million, whatever it was. Um, maybe it was... It wasn't per year, but it's a big number. Anyways, so you left with an oh, odd number. It couldn't be per year because that's what they—that's about what we made per year. Yeah. Left with an odd number uh, and the Pac-12 standing on crumbs there. It looks like Arizona is the next likely candidate to hop ship and join the Big 12, which I like. Now, they have a board of regents that is shared with two other Arizona schools, including Arizona State. Um, would I like to add Arizona State as well? Sure. But again, if you grab Arizona and Arizona State, you need somebody else. And I think the more likely would be Utah. But I want to see that ship sink. I want to see Utah fall back into Mountain West and just go into oblivion. Well, what we've seen too, or not seen, but just rumblings, possibly a, b- a basketball only option. Which, um, but I love the idea of. I don't know how that would work, or how a media company would be on board for that. Yeah, how Gonzaga could get in there. Um, I mean, UConn has football, but that would not be the driving factor to have UConn come. That's a 
that's been thrown around. Uh, I don't know how you get Arizona without Arizona State. It seems like the, those two would want to go together, like you said. And then you know, you're and I still, think we would stuck. want them together. Yes, I would. I mean, it would be weird to break apart another rivalry, you know, for a conference uh, alignment thing. So I, I would be welcome to that. But then, yeah, no matter what, if if it does turn out to be Arizona, Arizona State, you've still got one more to look for. Um, Anybody but I'd, Utah. Anybody but Utah. That's kind of that's kind of where I'm at, man. Just no. Bring Rutgers in. Get get UConn then. <laughs> get Rutgers to decide they don't like money anymore and have them have them fly from New York to West Texas. Or Let's to Provo. Or to Tucson. Yeah. Orlando. Anyways. Hunter Deckers, Michael. Oof. Yeah, this this hit. Let's see. Four hours I had ago. This pulled up. Yeah. But so I, I'd heard rumblings or rumors that this was the case. Or that, that yeah. this was gonna be like he was one of the guys that was that was in the whatever, uh in the allegations, because it includes maybe even up to fifteen players. Correct. But criminal charges and that says yeah. Yeah. Criminal charges have been filed against Iowa State starting quarterback Hunter Deckers and the ongoing sports wagering investigation involving college athletes in Iowa. He's charged with tampering with records. Um accused. So he's he's accused of wagering on the Cyclones 2021 game against Oklahoma State. And then alleged to have placed 26 bets on Iowa State sporting events. College athletes caught betting on their own games could face a lifetime ban, Michael. So not even like like a one-game suspension, like he could be done. Well, at least he got to play the year after. He was was Big 12 honorable mention last year. Yeah, yeah. So he wasn't... if If he bet on the 2021 game... Which he didn't. Uh, which he somebody didn't play kept in. their mouth shut for a while. Um, which is interesting, but like again, um, players are going to be privileged to inside knowledge that general fans wouldn't. Um, we've seen other athletes, professional even, get wrapped up in this, and like I think about like Pete Rose, man. But, oh man, I went to the register, the the Des Moines Register article. The complaint the complaint alleges the DraftKings account controlled by Deckers completed approximately three hundred and sixty six mobile slash online sports wagers totaling over twenty seven hundred ninety nine dollars. Which isn't like so that's not a crazy amount of money for 366 wagers like these are like but it's a lot of wagers and i I don't know if the number Um, of wagers matters but like i would assume one on like one bet on your own team is is a no-no yeah 26 on iowa state sporting events including 
the 2021. Well, that's hmm. It just says Iowa State sporting events, so who knows? Maybe he was putting money on the basketball team. But like you said, that could still go back to say, well, he knows so-and-so's not playing tonight. Yeah. Because he's the quarterback at Iowa State, and he just knows these things. So he's going to put some money on Iowa State to not cover or whatever. I don't know. At the very least, just a bad um, idea. He's accused of wagering on on the the football game against Oklahoma State in twenty twenty one. So if if Correct. that if that's the kicker, then that's uh, that'll do it, man. All right, let's start this up with what do we learn, Mike? What do you say? Okay, okay. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right, you've been to the movies lately. I did. You saw, seen two blockbusters, summer blockbusters, Oppenheimer and Barbie. Yeah, I've seen the big two uh, on the same day. How was it? How were they? They were both really great in completely different ways. Okay, so I was disappointed in the rating of Oppenheimer, uh, and and I heard like it came down to nudity and then eventually it was a sex scene like uh, Michael how bad is it like is it like un- completely unnecessary as, as some people say, I, I know there's that aspect of his personal life that could have been addressed in other ways in the movie <laughs> but I heard it was an extended scene there's a few fantastic and uh, there's a few of them and it is kind of jarring because I don't remember Nolan having nudity in his movies at all. But he definitely did in this one of all the movies he's made. Maybe he has. Uh, maybe in Memento he did. And I, I can't remember. But it is... Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's not like... There's one scene in particular where it's really seems unnecessary. And I can't even describe it. It's like, um, okay, fine. Quote, unquote, spoiler alert. So he's he's at a hearing, and he's describing his relationship with this woman. Um, but he's having to describe it in front of his wife, who's sitting behind him. And so all of a sudden, as he's describing his relationship to this woman it kind of shifts to his wife's perspective and he is completely naked. And the other woman is on top of him completely naked. Like as he's in the chair talking about whatever question they asked him. And so, you know, cause she's hearing him say this. And so she's thinking about him and her together. I, I get it. I get why you would do that, but that just seemed like, Oh, come on, come on, Chris. Anyway, I was I, that that did kind of I was I was kind of surprised by that, but um, I mean the movie is great. It's it's like the shortest three hour movie you'll ever see because every scene feels like it's five minutes or less, and so they're just. I, I would love to see how many scenes are in this movie. I have no idea how many, because he's moving around. He does have um, he does jump around in time, but it's not as cute as he gets with some of his other stuff, like Dunkirk and tenant um 
it's a little bit more logical why you would kind of do what he's doing going back and forth. And it's easier to follow because some of it's in black and white. So that's a specific area. Robert Downey Jr. is excellent. This is a role we haven't seen him do. So I, I really was impressed by the whole thing. I think I need to see it again. Emily Blunt, too. I mean, she was one of the better parts of the movie, even though she's not in it enough, really. She should probably be in it some more. But the way they filmed the, you know, the, the test and, and all that kind of stuff, the way they showed that, it really gave a sense of kind of how terrifying it was for for some of these guys. And some of them were just acted nonchalant about it. And I just couldn't imagine being anywhere near that thing when they set it off. No. But yeah, it kind of turns into a legal thriller, really. Like the last act, that's basically what it is. And so I'm not going to get into that too much for those of you who don't know the story. But that was very interesting. I learned a lot in this movie that I had no idea existed. I'm listening to uh, American Prometheus, which is the novel yes. that the movie's set on. So I'm I'm excited to learn more about the whole thing. And Me I'm, too. Uh, and I think you and I are almost on the exact same spot. <laughs> we're, we're a couple of hours in. We're, we're getting through the educational yeah. background and foundation setting for uh, who is Robert Oppenheimer, his family life. Yes. Um, anyways, and then you oh, went to go I, see Barbie. I did. Barbie's a blast. It's, uh, it's super silly. I, my wife and I were laughing a lot. Um, I, th- I think it's going to rub people the wrong way, but I don't really get it because if you're not familiar with Greta Gerwig, then familiar familiarize yourself with her before you go and then you'll be like oh okay yeah i get why there's a lot of messaging in this movie that i may or may not have expected but if Mm. if you're familiar with her at all you would expect it it wouldn't be that big a deal but the way they frame it is is really funny gosling is hilarious uh margot robbie's great she does a really good job playing her her character is stereotypical barbie quote unquote that's that's her character but it's it's really just cool how they built the world and um i had no idea what i was kind of getting into for all of it but uh i enjoyed it and what was great was just getting to see i mean i was in a room with mostly women i think and i think it was uh, received very well so i did hear i, it, I enjoyed uh, that part of it too as much as uh, Barbie may be a toy, it's not a kid's movie. And it's actually geared no. more towards the the adults that grew up playing with Barbie. Not Absolutely. so much the current kids that may be playing with a Barbie. No, I know a friend of mine that I think took her four kids and I was like, yeah, that probably wasn't, that was probably was an uncomfortable situation. <laughs> but it really is. Yeah, I, I saw the preview and immediately year, or years, months ago, and I thought, oh, yeah, this is not a kid's movie. Okay. All right. Well, let's see what this is going to be. Um, so I was, I knew that already, but I also knew that that was another reason why people didn't like it because they didn't know that and they just assumed that it was a kid's movie. Like, no, it's really not. It's, it's PG 13, but even that, I mean, I would think, I would think 13, 14 would be about where you'd might, I don't know, 
I'll let parents decide whatever they want to decide. But yeah, I wasn't going to take my six year old to it. Sure. All right. What I learned, Michael, this is not a, it's not earth shattering and it was more of a remembrance reminder. I'm going, I'm going to food. The flavor combination of cilantro lime is undefeated. <laughs> tell me, tell me what you had this, what, what brought this back? We have had a, a few, um, a few recipes that called for like an avocado cilantro lime sauce or dressing. Uh, that is just hard to, it's hard to top, man. Uh, it started off doing that with uh, grilled pork tenderloin. My goodness. Yes. Having that yes. as like a meat sauce, it's fantastic. Um, not that I'm, I'm losing my love of, of A1, even for cuts of meat that don't need it. Um, <laughs> you, you have your... Do you have any A1 on your person right now? (laughs) No. It stays in the fridge, man. Okay. Okay. Um, But it pairs really well, this sauce, with meat. But, like, we've also used some of the leftover meat into, like, a salad and then used this as, like, the dressing of a salad, and it's also worked really well. But, anyways, avocado, cilantro, and lime. Just a fantastic combination. I had it again tonight. We had some grilled pork chops. That were nice. from United. They were center cut bone in. Oh my goodness. They were some of the best pork chops I've ever done. I love a, I love a good pork chop. I have one other thing food related. As I was packing up the, the leftovers to, to put in the fridge, I was like gnawing on the bones like a, like a rabid animal. Because <laughs> I, I, for some reason, like, thinking about pulling these out for leftovers to make like lunch or whatever. I didn't want to mess with the bones again. So I just went ahead and cut all the pork chops off the bone. And of course you don't get, you're not super accurate cutting meat off no. the bone. So I was like, well, there are like five bones here. I was like, yeah, they were so good. You got to take care of that. It's just, I mean, maybe, maybe a bite of meat on each one of those, but they were so good. I used, uh, I have some good stuff. All right. One more. I have some beef with Whataburger. Speaking of beef with Whataburger, I've been to Whataburger a few times, have not had beef from them in a while. But your beef is? Well, they put an offer in my app on my phone for free medium fries because they miss me so much because they know. They know. listening, Michael. That I'm holding out because their reward system is whack. I'm not going to spend $100 to get a, a Whopper. A Whopper. Oh, my God. <laughs> a Whataburger eventually. So anyway, okay. All right, free fries, fine. I'll go back. I'll get a Whataburger Jr. because I don't like to eat a ton of stuff at lunch and function at work. So I thought that's fine. This is kind of my go-to. I'll get a Whataburger Jr. with jalapenos. Oh, so good. And, and my free fries, and it'll be like less than five bucks. So I, I go there, and, and I'm not going to say which one I went to because they have been awesome every single day except this day. Well, I, I know geographically where you work, and I know of a, yeah. a, a Whataburger location that's proximate to your location. That location has been nails. They have been fantastic. My biggest issue with that location, Michael, I will tell you afterwards. Sorry. 
I don't want to interrupt you. Okay. But I had one, this is this, this one day, all, all, all of it went to hell this one day. So I go there and I pull up and I pull up in my curbside thing and I wait for like 10 minutes, which is not normal. Mm-mm. That is not, not normal at this not place. Anymore. And so I went out and went inside and showed him my order and they just said, okay, all right, Michael's here. Let's make his order. So they made my order for me. They hand me the bag. I did not check the bag mm. because like I said, the track record of this place, pretty darn near impeccable. And so I just go out to my truck. I drive back to the office. I open the bag. Oh, no. No fries. Like the whole reason, the whole reason I went there was to get the free fries. And so I paid for a Whataburger Jr. to accompany the free fries I at least got the the burger, but and no feels, fries. And, feels and I was like just to drive back for a free item, but oh, and I, yeah, I absolutely did not. I was like, I'm not gonna go back and because I already had to go in once and deal mm-hmm. with that and wait in line, and it's like, man, this. Anyway, was that, that today? Just no, it was last. Okay, last Monday or Tuesday, I think. I had a water burger issue today, but so the one thing I was gonna tell you about that location. Their curbside sucks. Or I've had it, really good success with it during lunch. We well, it, it's always been for dinner time that we've ever been over there. We don't oh, ever okay. like we're not over there during any part of the day, really. But we've passed by there around dinner time a few times. Whether it was going up to the symphony one night, this was way back before the baby was born. We had a, I had to go pick up a check at one of the baseball fields in the north part of the town. So, we, anyways. Always seems like we'll pull up, we'll check in, and we'll sit there for 15 minutes. I'm like, and we'll go in, like, hey, uh, Spencer, I have an online order. Okay. And then they'll start making. I was like, <laughs> yeah. And it's, That's it's, what it's happened really this fast. Time. Like, they'll, they'll put it together. It was like, guys, I've been, I want it on me for not coming in sooner, but like, I've been here for 15 minutes and it takes you three minutes to put this bag together, maybe. <sighs> and then today, I think I, there's something with Whataburgers in the evenings, though. I do think. They just they're just kind of like all right, you're, you'll get it when you get it in the evening. That's I have I have learned that. Yeah, it's several of them. You know, you pull into curbside and it's just. I remember someone coming up. They delivered a bag to somebody and then they asked me who I was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've checked in. I'm checked you know, in. I'm I was, oh, okay, Spencer. all right. Well, we'll go see what we'll go see how that's going. I'm like, well, what do you mean? I've what been here mean? for a little while. Like, do I need to walk in or not? I don't know. There's seven cars in the drive-through. I'm not going to go do anyway. I do yeah. think I do think it's uh, they prioritize lunch, which is probably smart. Well, so I I I had a, unexpectedly I was in the office this morning and it went long enough that I just was I, I picked up lunch on my way home. Um, and what we've been getting lately from Whataburger have been their supremely overpriced salads, but actually it's been pretty good. <laughs> They well, are. I had. I finally had one a while back, and I really liked it. So I get the garden salad, and what I've done is I've added a second chicken breast, grilled, and I'm taking some things. I've I've, I've added avocados, and I found that I can add jalapenos on it, and then I get the jalapeno ranch dressing. Oh, nice! And it's yeah. like I had it today, and it was freaking fantastic. Anyways, so I get it today. Open the bag because it's almost three dollars to add an extra chicken breast to the salad. And there are two. It's like a $20 salad. 
it was like twelve dollar salad, which is ridiculous. Okay. Let me be honest. For anyways, be, because again with the reward system, the salads are the most expensive reward points, but I probably have the highest markup item on their menu. Um, anyways, there are two chunks of chicken in there. I was like, those are awfully small to meet chicken price. But I was like, but Samantha got a salad too. So I looked at hers. I was like, oh, it's a whole chicken price. Mine is probably the equivalent of two halves. I was like, okay, I, I have to go in. Like I've spent $3 for this extra chicken breast. I want the, the, the calories that come with it. I planned it out. I need the, the protein, all that kind of stuff. I get the box out of the car. I get the receipt. I'm, I'm looking at this out. It's like, they also didn't get my jalapeno. I was like, I'm getting this fixed. I storm in there. I was really, I was frustrated. And the girl behind the desk was super nice and sweet about it. And said, you want to, to, to remake yourself? I was like, no, that's not, not necessary. I just need you to add stuff like on the side, like a bowl and a box, wrap it up in a bag and in a paper. Couldn't yeah, care less. I'm just going to dump it on the thing. It's uh, fine. Um, and then, and then the side of grilled jalapenos, uh, the grilled jalapenos came on like their little side, like gravy cups. No problem with that. Um, the chicken was perfect, except they didn't cut it. So I'd like, ah, uh, got home, had to slice it. But yeah, and for anybody that's on a, a little bit of a diet or want something uh, a little bit different, their salads with the grilled chicken, well, with any of their chicken, but if you're trying to look at trying to be a little bit healthier, and the grilled chicken, fantastic. Um, the jalapeno yeah, I had ranch. The, I had the buffalo one a while back. The jalapeno great. ranch is the, has the most calories in the salad, and I know that you're, you're kind of getting away from being healthy if you're adding another chicken breast on there. But like I said, I was going for some bulk there and some protein. Um, but man, like as opposed to like 16 or 1700 calories that you would get from a burger and fries and a soda, the 700 calories in the salad with like counting the dressing and the two chicken breasts, that's a pretty good lunch, man. And I, I, I wolfed it down, dude. I was like, somebody ate my salad. <laughs> healthier, healthier option too. It's fantastic. Uh, that'll do it for us on 23 personnel podcast. We will be back. We will talk more about Colorado, probably a little bit about Arizona, um, histories of both, and then uh, get you ready for some fall football, man. It's around the corner. Um, anyways, that'll do it for us. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.